0: In the next episode, I want to show you what good leaders have done in order to try to keep people as safe as possible. You might assume that a large private company wouldn't show similar leadership skills to those holding governmental positions, or that there were no whistleblowers in China who exposed what they were seeing unfold while treating patients. However, I will prove those two theories wrong. You also might think that it's impossible for a political leader who was not viewed as favorable by the public. To regain high favorability ratings by the public during the COVID-19 crisis. And for another leader to talk about COVID-19 policies in her country while taking her child to bed. However, I will prove both of those theories wrong as well. So stand up, or sit up straight, as we listen to what Angela Merkel in Germany, Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand, Dr. Li Wenliang in China, and Adam Silver from the NBA did to act upon COVID-19. The next story is The Speech That Changed Everything, Angela Merkel's Effective Response to COVID-19. Angela Merkel, current Chancellor of Germany, was at one point a powerful political figure in Germany. She won three straight elections until September 2017, when the Christian Democratic Union, the political party she is in charge of, had an unexpected poor finish. According to The Guardian, the Christian Democratic Union was sharply down on the 41% of votes it got in the 2013 elections. At the same time, grievances were rising within the CDU. Far-right parties like the Alternative for Germany, which is known as a party that supports anti-immigration policies, and left-leaning parties like the Greens, which are known to support environmentally friendly policies, were picking up support from regional votes and national polls. Years later, Merkel decided to respond in March 2020 to COVID-19 becoming an ever-increasing issue in Germany. But this wasn't a regular television appearance. It was her first unscheduled one in 15 years. So the stakes were high for her to do a good job. And luckily, she did. In her first address to the German public on COVID-19, she expressed empathy as she reflected on her experience living in communist German Democratic Republic, quote, for someone like me. For whom freedom of travel and movement were a hard-won right, such restrictions can only be justified by absolute necessity. But they were, quote, indispensable at the moment to save lives. She also powerfully highlighted the gravity of the situation. Quote, since German unification, no, since the Second World War, there has been no challenge to our nation that has demanded such a degree of common and united action. And finally, she talked about how COVID-19 is not well known. Quote, you have to understand, when the virus is out there and the population has no immunity and with no vaccination or therapy exists, then a higher percentage, experts say, 60-70% to 70% of the population will be infected. Now her net approval rating is higher. According to data from the Morning Consult analyzing approval ratings from March 1st to August 18, 2020, Merkel had a 13-point jump in job approval rating. Although the speech was significant. It of course didn't account for the only reason why her approval rating increased. For instance, people in Germany have been briefed every day by the health minister, virologist, and the Robert Koch Institute, Germany's top public health institute. However, people did complain about how her response to the shutdown to shut down the country seemed slow. Amrita Norlikar, president of the Giga German Institute of Global and Area Studies, and Professor Hamburg University Wrote in the Global Policy Journal in mid-March 2020, quote, Business as usual seems to be the motto in social life. People continue excitingly with their holiday plans, go gallivanting off even to high-risk zones, resist advice of employers on avoiding unnecessary travel, warmly invite visitors also from high-risk areas, delight in participating in meetings even when decent digital options are available and disregard even basic WHO guidelines of maintaining social distance. At least in daily life, there are a few obvious signs that people are trying to contain the outbreak. At best, one gets a shrug of the shoulders, a sad smile, a tear for Italy, and then we all agree to meet for dinner in a crowded restaurant. But overall, her response has been praised as successful, just like Jacinda Ardern, Prime Minister of New Zealand, which begs the question, what can make a good leader during a global pandemic? This next story is calmly guiding New Zealand through coronavirus, how Jacinda Ardern spoke to the hearts of New Zealanders. Imagine President Trump recording a video of himself on his Facebook page, empathetically discussing the pandemic as he puts his 15-year-old son Baron to bed. Pretty hard to imagine, right? However, this scenario has been possible in New Zealand. 40-year-old Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has been delivering Facebook Live messages to her country people even while putting her two, two-year-old daughter to bed.
1: Excuse the casual um, uh, attire. Um, it can be a messy business putting toddlers to bed, so I'm not in my work clothes, so forgive me for that.
0: Jacinda graduated from the University of Wakato with a bachelor's degree in communications. After graduating, she was a researcher for the office of former Prime Minister Helen Clark and Minister of Foreign Affairs Phil Goff. After that role, she then worked as a senior policy advisor for British Prime Minister Tony Blair in the UK cabinet office. Almost a decade after she returned to New Zealand, she was elected unopposed as leader of the Labour Party, a social democratic centre-left party. She was then elected as New Zealand's third female prime minister in September 2017. When COVID-19 hit the world, it hit hard, even in New Zealand. For instance, on March 28, 2020, It reported 146 cases. However, as of August 2020, New Zealand is COVID-19 free, meaning there are zero confirmed cases and subsequently zero deaths. Part of that success came from Jacinda's clear messaging to her people about the expectations of curtailing curtailing COVID-19. Throughout, said Suze Wilson, a senior lecturer of executive development at Messe University in Auckland, her messaging has been clear, consistent and delivered in a confident calm and reassuring manner even though she has not sought to sugarcoat the dangers a pandemic poses to lives and livelihoods. Her calm messaging also occurred after the Christchurch shooting where a 28-year-old Australian shot 51 people and injured 40 people at the Al-Nur Mosque and the Linwood Islamic Centre. On the day of the shooting, Jacinda Ardern responded with sympathy for the Muslim community while bluntly condemning the ideology of the shooter. Quote, And the value that we place the currency on right now and tonight is our compassion and the support for the community of those directly affected by this tragedy, and secondly, the strongest possible condemnation of the ideology of the people who did this. She also said that attempts to change gun laws happened for years, but she would actually implement those reforms. She passed a ban of semiotic weapons and introduced a buyback program where over 50,000 guns were turned in. Not only does she pass historic laws, but she also erred to the side of caution while other world leaders chose to act recklessly. On Monday, August third, 2020, she talked about how New Zealanders still need to be vigilant about hand washing, social distancing, etc., even when she acknowledged that New Zealand has been COVID-19 free. She also kindly asked people to take COVID-19 tests if their doctors asked them to do so in a Facebook Live video.
1: We will have greater reassurance if we keep that surveillance testing up. So please, that is my request of all of you as our team of five um, million, uh, is that if we can uh, just fulfill those ongoing needs, keep track of where you're going, stay home if you're sick, keep washing your hands, and if you are sick, um, do uh, take that test if it's offered to you.
0: In one of her earlier Facebook videos, She tried to clear confusion in case people thought the rules weren't working.
1: So don't be disheartened when you see that. Don't be disheartened when you see that ongoing increase because of that lag. All of the efforts that we're putting in should eventually show if we all follow um, the rules.
0: Her communication hasn't amounted to nothing. According to pollster Komar Brunton, quote, Arden's handling has won more than 80% public approval, well above any leader in the group of seven wealthy democracies. Praise has not only come from the public, but from former prime ministers too. Quote, people feel that Arden doesn't preach at them, she's standing with them, said Helen Clark, New Zealand's Prime Minister from nineteen ninety-nine to two thousand eight. Not only has Jacinda communicated well with words, she has communicated well with actions. In April 2020, she, along with other top government officials, agreed to take a 20% pay cut for the next six months to stand in solidarity with those hit hard by the economy during COVID-19. If more leaders honestly showed through their words and actions that they understood the difficulties and confusion the public's going through during COVID-19, then more people would genuinely listen to their leaders' advice and work together to defeat COVID-19. This next story is a close call from the NBA, regarding Adam Silver's pivotal decision to suspend the season. World leaders aren't the only ones making tough choices. Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA, made a hard decision that would affect millions of basketball fans. He decided to suspend the basketball league for the rest of the season. Silver probably realized the repercussions of this. Frustrated fans, a potential loss of revenue, etc., but he knew that it was more important to preserve the health of NBA basketball players, staff, fans, and stadium workers. Silver announced this decision on March 11, 2020. Ironically, this was the same day that the World Health Organization formally considered COVID-19 a global pandemic. Silver set off a domino effect of cancellations before state governors decided to implement lockdowns. The NCAA canceled its March Madness College Tournament, the MLB and NHL canceled their operations, and the Boston Marathon was postponed. Dr. Rashid Desai, chief medical officer at Osmosis, an online platform which creates videos explaining medical topics, stated how significant this was in an interview with USA Today's Sports. Quote, his action was instrumental at getting the political will and the economic will across the country over the hump to switch us from one mode of thinking to another and get us to realize this is no longer an inconvenience, and it is a national emergency. However, Silver shouldn't be the only one credited for coming up with the decision to suspend the season. Silver was in regular contact with Vivek Murphy, John D. Fiore, and David Ho. Murphy, former Surgeon General under President Obama, advised the NBA and NCAA on COVID-19 related matters. And D. Fiore, the NBA's Director of Sports Medicine, gathered information from the federal government and local health officials. Ho is a renowned hiv aids doctor who is currently working on a COVID-19 vaccine thanks to funding from billionaire Jack Ma. A couple months later, Silver decided to implement the NBA bubble. All players, coaches, and league personnel are located inside the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex at the Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando, Florida, with plenty of COVID-19 testing available. When asked if the increasing cases in Florida made the NBA hesitant of implementing the bubble, the response was that it wouldn't matter anyway, since very few non-essential people are invited into the bubble, so there is a lower chance of players, coaches, and personnel contracting COVID-19. No one from the 22 NBA teams were required to participate in the season, since players determined by medical staff to be high-risk for COVID-19 were excused without losing their salary. Hotels that the players are staying in were based on their NBA placement standings, with the top four teams in the conference getting rooms at the high-end Grand Destino Tower. Luckily, all players wouldn't be bored either way. The massive resort has golf courses, lounges, and pools. And when it comes to the number of infections, there haven't been many. On July 29, 2020, Shams Charania of The Athletic made this update. Quote, Sources, Zero NBA players have tested positive for coronavirus out of 344 tested at Orlando campus since results were announced July 20th. On the other hand, the MLB decided to not gather their players in one location and allowed teams to choose if they wanted to host games in their home ballparks. As a result, in late July 2020, two games were postponed after 10 members of the Miami Marlins tested positive for COVID-19 before their game with the Baltimore Orioles. But similarly to the NBA, the MLB has also tried to engage with their fans safely. The NBA has allowed virtual fans to show up to their games, while the MLB has allowed fans to pay for cardboard cutouts of their faces. However, not everyone loves the bubble. The league had a three-day walkout when numerous players seriously considered shutting down the bubble not only for social justice reasons, as there were plenty of protests happening at this time due to the murder of George Floyd but also because many wanted to come back to the outside world. For example, LeBron James commented, I've had numerous nights and days of thinking about leaving the bubble. I think everyone has, including you guys. However, it's interesting to note that the Lakers, the team LeBron is a part of, won the NBA Finals. This wouldn't have been possible without competing against a group of teams set up in the bubble, and certainly wouldn't have been possible if he or the rest of the team pulled out. Leadership often requires making necessary choices that may not seem popular to the public at the time. How can more leaders think long-term for the well-being of their fans or constituents? The next story is ignoring walking on eggshells during the start of the outbreak, the tragic story of a Chinese doctor. Leadership doesn't have to be exclusively shown through world leaders and commissioners. Who would guess that the first doctor to suspect that there could be a deadly outbreak would be reprimanded by the police? This is what happened to Dr. Li Wenliang, a Chinese ophthalmologist who worked at the Wuhan Central Hospital. While Dr. Li was working at the hospital in December 2019, he noticed seven cases of a virus that seemed like SARS, a virus which led to an epidemic in 2003. The cases seemed to come from the Hunan seafood market in Wuhan. In order to protect his colleagues on December 30th, 2019, Dr. Lee sent a message to doctors on a group chat recommending them to wear protective equipment and warning them about a potential outbreak. Four days later, he wasn't congratulated by the government for noting something important. He was instead sent to the Public Security Bureau where he was ordered to sign a letter. This letter noted he was, quote, making false comments that had, quote, severely disturbed the social order. The letter continued stating, quote, we solemnly warn you. If you keep being stubborn with such impertinence and continue this illegal activity, you will be brought to justice. Is that understood? Underneath this statement, Dr. Li wrote, quote, yes, I do. In the book Policymaking in China by Kenneth Lieberthal and Michael Oxenberg, they discussed how China switched from being a monolithic totalitarian regime to a fragmented authoritarian state after reforms in the 1980s. Under fragmented authoritarianism, the closer a local or central media outlet was to the center of power, the less freedom it has to criticize. This culture of government control over speech has permeated to this day. Since President Xi Jinping took office, he emphasized that internet surveillance and internet control would be a priority throughout his presidency, according to Gobin Yang. So, in the government's eyes, how could a potential pandemic make the government look good? Well, it wouldn't. By the end of January 2020, Dr. Li posted this letter on Weibo and told his story. Afterwards, local authorities told him they were sorry, but they still didn't heed his warning from December. During the first couple weeks in January 2020, officials in Wuhan stated that only people who were in contact with infected animals would catch the virus, and there was no statements regarding how doctors would be protected. And this was detrimental for Dr. Li. In another Weibo post, he wrote that he started coughing on January 10th, 2020, and got a fever the following day. Two days later, he was sent to the hospital where he was diagnosed with COVID-19 on January 30th, 2020. And a little over a week later, on February 7th, 2020, he passed away from COVID-19. On that same date, there were 34,546 COVID-19 cases in China. To the Chinese people, this was the last straw, given that in the case of Dr. Li, the Chinese government did not take COVID-19 as seriously as it should have. The anger shown on online forums was intense, with executives, prominent officials, and academics also expressing outrage. In letters and posts, demands included the government admitting it made a mistake, the government making an official apology, a state funeral, and a whistleblower protection law. As a result, central authorities declared that they would have a team from China's top anti-corruption agency look into what happened to Dr. Li. The Wuhan police also got involved, writing on the Weibo post, quotes, the Wuhan Municipal Police Public Security Bureau has decided to withdraw the letter of criticism and solemnly apologize to Li's family. They also stated that the police station's deputy chief and the officer who forged the signature on Dr. Li's letter were given a warning and a demerit. However, some people felt like it wasn't enough. For instance, someone wrote on Weibo, quote, is that it? Likewise, a report from the government issued after Dr. Li's death denounced labels like, quote, Awakener and, quote, Hero, since they were deemed, quote, anti-establishment. This might seem a little bizarre, but it's not surprising given that China has a terrible record on free speech. According to the World Press Freedom Index, in 2020, China was ranked 177 out of 180 for having the most press freedom. And during the hashtag MeToo movement, when some Chinese women decided to tell their stories about the people who sexually assaulted them, the Chinese government dampened public outrage. Three years before, when China cracked down on human rights lawyers and activists, Wang Shonjung, human rights lawyer, was forced to take medicines and was tortured with electric shocks. And unfortunately, this prevalence to stay silent on criticism has trickled into the United States. Columbia University's Global Center in Beijing canceled some talks since organizers feared they would upset Chinese officials. And after Yang Shuping, a graduate from the University of Maryland, gave her graduation speech praising the, quote, fresh air of democracy and freedom in the United States, she gave an apology for the speech after it was revealed that the home address of her family had been shared online due to all the negative attention she was getting from the Chinese media. Dr. Li showed tremendous leadership through speaking up early, on something he suspected could be very dangerous. The majority of doctors and medics should have their insights taken seriously on medical issues. Yet unfortunately, we're living in a time where people have brushed signs to the side for political interest. If the government listened to Dr. Lee early on, then perhaps COVID-19 could have been prevented. As of October 2020, there have been 38.8 million cases and 1.1 million deaths worldwide. Imagine all the lives that could have been saved, including Dr. Lee's.